0: What's up, people? Another episode of Justice Forge from OK Davis here with you. It's been a long time, been on vacation, been taking a break, trying to re-energize. And a lot has gone by. NBA draft, NBA free agency, Wimbledon, which I didn't do my Wimbledon picks ahead of time, but I did say at the end of the French Open that, as I would expect it, Novak Djokovic is going to get that third straight Grand Slam. And Iga Swiatek, I think, will also win Wimbledon. There just isn't any competition out there for them right now. But I'll start with my thoughts on the NBA draft. Victor Wim VP going to San Antonio was probably... The beginning and end of the excitement for me with the NBA draft. I was looking for some players that I've been following a little bit, have some kind of personal connection to, with high sc- uh, from their high school days. So I was happy for Dariq Whitehead going to the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Would have liked to see him at the at the draft, but I know him being from the New Jersey area, he wanted to have a party with his family and friends versus. Walking across that stage. Um, But they're just... The excitement of the overall draft just wasn't there for me. And and part of it was also because we knew Victor was going to go one. There was no drama to it. I mean, come on. The number two pick, number three pick. Ah, whatever. It just wasn't that exciting to me. Washington Wizards, I think they picked... Again, international players, which has become their M.O. I mean, it's always a thing for them. You know what? The funny thing is, I actually didn't look it up to figure out if I bet that if you looked at it, my guess Is that the Washington Wizards in the last 20 years have probably taken more international players than any other team in the league in my mind. The Wizards traded for uh, Bilal Kulabali as their first round draft pick. Um, so it just continued that trend. And for me, I actually think that was a good pick for a couple of reasons. First of all, most of the international picks that the Washington Wizards make do not panned out and become superstars like you could say a Giannis did. Right. We saw Giannis become an actual superstar. The majority of them do not. But I do think in this case, it was especially smart to take Bilal Kulabali, And the reason why I say that is because now there was no chance they were going to get Victor Wimbayama. But now they will always be connected to Victor Wimbayama because Bilal Kulabali was his teammate. When they play together, there's a chance in the summer league that they are like some really cool social uh, videos that they could probably do with the two of them together. And everybody would be interested in it because they were teammates in France. People will ask Bilal about Victor and vice versa. And so I think from that perspective, it adds to their ability to to have that connection and build upon the excitement around Victor. Um, we know Bilal's not going to be Wim, v- Wim VP like they're calling him in San Antonio, but he can still be a good, solid player. So we can have the benefits of selling tickets, if not just to that one game when Bilal and Victor play each other. But just in general, you know. Now you've got people from France that want to see the Wizards play. So it's always a smart... I get the business decision for it. I just hope this time it actually pays off from an actual basketball perspective. That's my hope. Um, Grades of the teams, in many ways, is just kind of a... uh, I don't know. Everything's a gamble. I mean, realistically, how do you know Victor Wimbanyama is going to pan out? You hope that he is, but there's a chance that he might not. I mean, that it's a draft. Nothing is guaranteed. I mean, realistically, you just don't know. You just don't know who's really going to pan out. Jaime Jaquez Jr. from UCLA to the Heat. Keontae George, who actually saw playing in the DMV, went to Utah Jazz. The, the Thompson brothers. Amen Osar, you know, the twins went back to back to the Rockets and the Pistons. You just never know. You just never know, Um, but I will be rooting for Washington Wizards picks and Deric Whitehead, and hope that they do well. As I look at the second round for sleepers, I just I found myself just kind of like being. Like, okay. And of course, the Wizards go for another international player, big man. Tristan Vukcevic. It's like, well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Because I know what they're hoping. And I get it. I get it. They're hoping he can be the next Joker. Nikola Jokic. You take somebody... In the draft that you're unsure about. A high draft pick like this. Or excuse me rather. A second round draft pick like this. And you hope that he turns out to be somebody great. And I guess you never know. It could work out. I doubt it. Well I shouldn't say I doubt it but. He was a um, a relative unknown until he came to the draft combine. And, you know, to an extent, so was Nikola Jokic. So maybe it can work out. Maybe it can work out. But another thing is I go back to, you know, Derek Whitehead decided to have a draft party with his family in New Jersey. And I love that. But there is a big part of me that's like you only get drafted once and I can't imagine not going to the draft if I had that opportunity and there was a chance that I was going to be drafted in the first round, even the second round, really, just to be there, just to walk across that stage, to hear your name being called. Um, I think that I, if it was me, I would have said I'm going to the draft. I'm going to the draft. Now, next best thing, free agency, which I do like how free agency starts very close after the draft. You know, if you're from a team perspective, I think there's like a level of really being able to draft. Your team and then immediately start to not necessarily build around that player necessarily. I mean, I guess, you know, if you want the top five picks, maybe, but just kind of figuring out what other players you want to bring in. And the biggest one and saddest one, um, not really for him but definitely for me, is Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal was traded to the Phoenix Suns, and I know he's happy. I think that, as I said in a tweet, the Phoenix Suns, to me, are now the team to beat if Frank Vogel can get DeAndre Ayton to be a better big man. He's shown talent, He's not Nikola Jokic. But if your starting lineup includes Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Bradley Beal, that alone, you would say, oh, wait, that's, that's enough, right? Even if you said that was all you had, you would say, "Okay, I've got enough to win and I'm doing something on purpose. I know you're like, wait, what? You're missing one player. But now they also get to add Devin Booker or not add, but to think that that team had DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, who they just traded for Devin Booker. And now you add Bradley Beal. You've got the makings of what I think is probably the best team in the NBA. And I'm sure many people think that as well. And I'm not jumping on the ship here. I'm not saying that I am going to all of a sudden be rooting for Phoenix per se. But I do want to see Bradley Beal do well and, and win. I thought maybe he'd give me a shout out in his letter to the Wizards fans. Just kidding. Or a thank you. But realistically, you just think about... Um, a player that you saw at the draft. You were there when he was first picked. You went to his hometown and did a profile on him. And that's where you saw a Jason Tatum as a high school kid saying, hopefully someday I'll be able to play in the NBA. And I remember doing that interview and like, oh, yeah, we'll see. And now look where Jason Tatum is. But to think that when I was with the Wizards some years ago, which seems like a long time ago, 2016 when they were trying to get Kevin Durant to come play For the Wizards that that was going to be the big three Wall, Beal, Durant coming home And now If you're a Wizards fan At least you kind of get to see Beal and Durant together I mean John Wall is sitting out there Phoenix could use another point guard Maybe they'll go after John Wall Not likely but just to think that that could be a possibility if they wanted it to be. But this free agency was one of the better free agencies, period, free agency, period, that I thought there was a lot of movement. I love for the Washington Wizards that they got Jordan Poole. I think that that trade with the Warriors, who they have on their team, is not a... It could be something for the future. Kyle Kuzma returns. Now, if you will, this becomes his team, sort of. The Wizards trades away. Chris Stapps Porzingis to Boston. Everybody likes that trade for Boston. I'm like, okay, whatever. But my big one to me is Jordan Poole. Because he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Steph Curry. Will he be Steph Curry? No one can be Steph Curry. I will always say for a very long time that when I think of who Steph Curry is, he is a generational player when you think of. Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Now, they can happen at the same time, right? Larry Bird, Magic Johnson came in on the tail end. They were on the tail end of their career when Jordan was starting. But Jordan was the iconic superstar. And it's funny because there was a tweet that went out by, I think it was, ESPN. Oh, yeah, it was ESPN. It was Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. And they asked who changed the game more. Something to that extent. And I said Steph Curry. More so than Michael Jordan. More so than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. I would say Dr. J was the one who changed the game as far as the the flashy dunks and all of that kind of stuff. George Mikan changed the game to make it more of a, oh, if you get a big man, you can dominate. Dr. J was like, to me, the first was like, oh, snap, he's an athletic superstar. And then Steph Curry changed the game with his three-point shots. Come on. Everybody wants to be like Steph Curry, right? I mean, think about it. It's not just, oh, the shooting guards want to be like Steph Curry or the guards, period. No, now you've got a thing where the big man wants to be able to shoot threes, right? Now you're looking at this, quote unquote, stretch four, which really started from, oh, shoot, Steph Curry is shooting threes. The Splash Brothers are shooting threes. Now, I want to find players that can shoot threes. And what can we do that's different? We'll find big men that can shoot threes. So that's why I say Steph Curry. And so then when I think about it, who is the next player that was in line to be the future for the Warriors? And that was Jordan Poole. And so to see Jordan Poole now be on the Wizards? You could say pool party, right? But that's Golden State. Funny thing is, I was driving back down to D.C. Um, not too long ago. I saw a sign in Maryland, Poolsville. That's where I think of it right now. It's Poolsville. And that's good for Washington. I think that Washington has put themselves in a position, when you thought the trade happened for Bradley Beal, including me, I was disappointed. I was like, ah, they didn't get enough back for Bradley. Yes, I still don't think they got enough back for Bradley. But to work out other trades and be able to get that budding superstar in Jordan Poole, the second Jordan, on the Wizards, let's hope it goes a little bit better than the first one. Although I was happy to have Michael Jordan wear a Washington Wizards jersey. I still have a Wizards Jordan jersey. But I do think that there's in a different excitement level there. You know, some of the other picks, Tyus Jones, it's like, ah, oh, it's all right. Landry Shamit as a shooter, right? So now you've got another shooter on that team. I think that there is an upside for Washington if somehow Jordan Poole cannot be Steph Curry but can be the Jordan Poole that we saw last year. Not this year. I think this year was a very tough year for him and I'm in some ways disappointed in the Golden State Warriors that they somehow decided that it was okay to keep a player and embrace a player who punched another player in the face. I don't care about what Draymond Green did for that team as a championship as a championship player. I don't care that you're like, oh, well, he fits our culture, right? He was that, I don't know, bruiser, leader who was chirping a lot. I'll give you that. He has, he's been the backbone of that team. Is he a hall of famer? No, I still don't understand how people are saying he's a hall of famer. He's not a hall of famer. You're just buying into the hype because he talks a lot. That's the only thing he talks a lot and he's on a team that won a championship, but I don't consider him. If you look at his stats to be a hall of fame player, he was on a championship, uh, Dynasty team, yes. Hall of Fame player, no. But I am amazed that they decided to keep a player who literally punched his teammate in the face. Now, you know what? Yeah, you could easily say, well, the thing is, that happens a lot. And we just don't hear about it or see it. But we saw it. And to see it and to think a, golden, a team in the Golden State Warriors, a franchise to that level would keep a player like that, who had done something like that, that was probably the first big blemish in my mind on the Golden State Warriors that I said they're not the same team. They do not have the same values. And Steph and Clay and others on the team in the front office felt it was best to keep Draymond instead of Jordan Poole. And that is oh, we're playing for now more than we're playing for the future. And I'm okay with that. I mean, at Golden State's not my team. But to think that now the Washington Wizards have Jordan Poole, that's, that's pretty cool. That makes me um, feel like this team um, in the end ended up with something that works out. Something that works out for them. Philadelphia 76ers, I was surprised that they didn't do much. Um, That really did surprise me. Uh, When you think of a team that um, overrated, MVP, just a tad. Joel Embiid is not Nikola Jokic. But now that they're talking about James Harden wanting to opt out, now they're, well, he opted in, but now they're looking for a sign and trade to get rid of him. Philadelphia is never going to win. I just feel like I don't know what they're doing. I don't think they know what they're doing, and I don't think they have a chance to win an NBA championship, and Joel Embiid is simply not an MVP. He cannot put the Philadelphia Sixers on his back and win an NBA championship. It just will never happen. I mean, it just won't happen. And that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. That's just the way it is. Um, As I did also forget to mention, I guess they did Warriors got Chris Paul, so they got their backup point guard. It's a little bit different, but we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. Um, but outside of that, I just, there were a lot of little moves that I thought would be interesting to see how it helps a team. As I mentioned, Chris Stapps to Boston. Max Struess to the Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving deciding to stay with Dallas, which is going to be a disaster. I mean, I don't think they learned their lesson from last year, but it was a disaster last year and I don't see it being anything better this year. Dylan Brooks to Houston, along with Fred Van Vliet, is probably the team that made the biggest change in my mind. To think that they were a young team or younger in that very early 20s to sign two veterans. You know, maybe they realize the importance of having more veteran presence on that team. I think Houston, will. you may see the biggest change in that team in terms of wins than I think of any team... Um, In the Western Conference, possibly, outside of San Antonio with Victor Wimbayama, is the other one. It'll be exciting to see what happens. In the end, I'm excited for the Wizards. I'm excited for the future of my team. Um, I'll be watching. Like, when I think of the teams that I'm going to be really vested in, I'm curious how they're going to do, is Phoenix, San Antonio, and the Wizards. Those are the teams. And um, I hope that when this free agency period ends, that maybe John Wall does find another team to play on. Um, And it would be pretty crazy if it was Phoenix and we did get Wall, Beal, and (laughs) Durant together. I do think they could use a point guard, but I doubt that's going to happen. But I hope he does get back into the league. I hope so. And now that we've got summer league here, We've already got uh, the the draft picks playing, so that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama, I know we're all excited to see whenever he's going to start playing, whether that is, uh, they're probably going to save him for, I mean, there's no doubt they're saving him for Vegas, right? That's where, that's where it's like, if you don't think the NBA is thinking about ticket sales, come on. I mean, I remember for the draft, some people were joking like, wait, is his first NBA game, even if it was Summer League, was going to happen in Sacramento? It's like, no, there's no way. I just don't see it. I think they're saving him for Vegas. And that's, that's what they're going to do. Um you have to save them for Vegas. You want that to be the big splash for everybody to want to buy tickets to Vegas and not Sacramento. Everybody wants to go to this summer league. Probably first time since LeBron, everybody's like, oh, I gotta get down to summer league. Right? I mean that's that's a big deal. That's that's a really big deal. So um, looking forward to seeing it. What I'm not really looking forward to again um, is when I think about tennis and Wimbledon's now here, I just find myself not interested as much as I used to be in tennis. And I think in many ways that's due to the fact that there are, while there is still Novak Djokovic playing, there's no real competition for him really. I think he's going to win the Grand Slam this year, which is to win all four slams, all four majors. I think he's going to do it because there's simply nobody out there that's competition for him. And on the women's side, there just simply isn't a superstar that I feel like you have to see. Tennis isn't trouble. Tennis isn't big trouble in my mind. They need the competition. They need the stars playing on a different level. And I think Swiatek and Novak Djokovic are just so good that no one is really going to give them a run. That's what I see. That's what I see happening at Wimbledon. So I'm watching a little bit, but not the same. Not the same. Um. The hype just isn't there. Now, the funny thing, where there is more hype and I just don't get it, what's the deal with this pickleball? To me, I don't know. Is it wrong to say pickleball is just for those who athletically just couldn't cut it playing tennis? It was just too tiring for them? That's not fair to say, I know. But when I look at people playing pickleball with the short rackets, and the annoying sound. I mean, there's nothing more annoying than when you hear people playing pickleball. Like, that's just not a pleasing sound. I just find it to not be fun. It does it just seems like the type of game that is just like just play tennis. Just play tennis. And if you're not going to play tennis, then what are we doing? But pickleball has taken off. I even saw a tournament, not to or a, I guess you can call it a pro-am, where I think Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf and Michael Chang and someone else were playing pickleball. And I was like, no, don't do that. Come on, don't do that. It was just disappointing, kind of sad. Um, but I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Tennis is better. Tennis is better. Tennis is just simply better. All-star games coming up for Major League Baseball soon. Uh, Baltimore Orioles holding steady, holding steady in second place in the American League. 49-34. and 34. They're going to make the playoffs. All five teams, as of when I recorded this, had a record above 500 in baseball. The only division that can say that. The only division that can say that. As I look at where the teams are central, the <laughs> Minnesota is right at 500, and everybody else is below 500, so it's not a very good division. And uh, my the biggest surprise are the Texas Rangers in first place in the AL West, the Milwaukee Brewers, but really more the Cincinnati Reds in the NL Central, and the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NL West in first place over the Dodgers. And San Diego is probably the biggest disappointment. The Padres are just not very good. They're just not very good. But the All-Star game is coming up. And as I think about what I... like the most about the first half of the season, if you will, I mean, Trout is the biggest... Excuse me, Trout... (laughs) Shohei Ohtani is the biggest story to me again, right? We know who he is. He is amazing. And I'm happy that my son and I got a chance to watch him play. But what's unnoticed is Ronald Acuna Jr., 25-year-old player. He's the first player ever ever in Major League Baseball with 20 home runs, 40 stolen bases, and 50 RBI. He is a one-man wrecking crew, if you will, for the first place Atlanta Braves. And you know what's so funny? I actually forgot about this. The other team that I would say is a biggest... Disappointment. You could say you could well. You could argue the Phillies at forty four and thirty nine, or the Mets at thirty eight and forty six. And so, I'd probably say more the Mets than the Phillies. But Atlanta at fifty seven and twenty seven. I mean, they are on fire. Uh, better record than Tampa Bay. And think about this: considering where Tampa Bay started, what did they win? Thirteen games in a row. Thirteen games in a row. And Atlanta, over the course of this first half of the season, has managed to catch them. But back to Ronald Acuna Jr. He's just simply a beast. And he's another player that you have to see. He's just simply another player that you have to see. So Major League Baseball, the all-star game is coming up. And to this day, I still am bummed that I missed out on my chance to see the um, All-Star game when when it was in Pittsburgh when I was in college. I don't know why. I just, just didn't do it. I just didn't do it. But do I watch it enough to get into... Who was snubbed and who wasn't? Not really. Um The funny thing is when I looked at who made the team, there were so many players that, like, like okay, let's American League. And I do fantasy baseball, and I'm awful at it. But I knew who Corey Seager is. I know who Corey Seager is. Mike Trout, Randy Orozarena, Aaron George, and Shohei Otani. But that also leaves four players that I was like, I don't know who they are. And the funny thing is, they're all from Texas. Most of them are from Texas. Josh Jung. Actually, I know who Marcus Simeon is. If I remember correctly, he was with Toronto. And Jonah Heim, no idea. But the Rangers have four starters. They have four starters in the National League. I know Freddie Freeman is. Nolan Arenado. Ronald Acuna Jr. Mookie Betts. J.D. Martinez. So then that leaves. Corbin. Carroll. Orlando. Arcia. Luis. Arias. And Sean Murphy. I was like, "I, I don't know who they are. And maybe that's why I'm not doing well in baseball because I'm not able to pick up on who some of these other younger players are that I just simply don't know who they are. But one thing I do like, one thing I do like that I have to give to Major League Baseball that they cannot seem to do in basketball, unfortunately, is they get the stars to participate in the home run derby. There's nothing sadder than when you're watching the dunk contest and there are a bunch of players that you don't know who they are or care about. I mean, come on, Mac McClung winning the dunk contest. Yeah, that's not exciting. Pete Alonso winning the home run derby. That's exciting. The number of superstars in the NBA that simply do not play or participate in the dunk contest, that just makes me sad. And so hopefully, somehow that trend will change. And if not, then I'm going to enjoy the Home Run Derby way more than I'm going to enjoy the Slam Dunk Contest. What I'm going to enjoy even more is getting back to this vacation. That'll do it for Justice Sport. I'm Jamo K. Davis. Ciao for now.